You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. It's really lovely to be here. I've heard a lot about your church over the years. Um, I have known Jimmy for a pretty long time, and also Michaela, who is now Michaela Strugnall, so she raves about this church. Ah. <laughs> and also um, Joanna Justice, so no her as well, but she couldn't make it today, she said. Right, so yeah, it's been really actually nice to get here. Um, I do have a lot of jobs, but they're just little things on the side. <laughs> and I don't work for AFES anymore. I worked for Christian Union for 20 years, um, but have now moved over into city to city four days and the Anglican Diocese as the canon for church planting one day. Um, and in fact, my husband goes, canon for church planting. Uh, we come from a fairly low sort of Anglican church, I guess. And he goes, do, not, do they know you're a loose canon? <laughs> and I'm going, I'm trying to keep that under wraps. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so it's been really fun to think about, okay, well, how are we going to reach all of Melbourne and the diocese, and yeah, what can we do? And it's exciting to actually be coming to a church plant, although you probably can't call yourself that anymore. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so exciting to see that. Well, um, I have a bit of a confession to make as we get into Psalms, but I'm not a really, I haven't actually been a big fan of Psalms. Um, whenever I read the Psalms, um, I would just think, gosh, these people are whinging a lot, don't you find? And they want revenge on everything. And I'm just going, ah, I kind of know about this. So, <laughs> um, and I, I, I probably grew up on a farm, or I did, I grew up on a farm, and you're just meant to be tough, you get on with things, you don't whinge about it, you just get on. Uh, so it's been interesting for me, um, and in fact I studied Psalms a couple of years ago and just go, oh, okay, I can see what's going on here now. And actually one of the things that sort of um, moved me a bit was in terms of working out that the Psalms are like a prayer coach. So if you think about, they actually give you the words on how to pray and how to discover God's presence in the midst of good times and bad times. And it often gives um, you the emotional words as well to um, uh, think about it and where God is in it all. And this group of Psalms is called the Psalms of Ascent. <clears throat> and they were basically songs that were sung on the way to the temple. And they were really just laments I guess in terms of going how bad things were and yeah just um, the dire situation that they were often in. Um, well let's have a bit of a look at the psalm. Um, the psalmist is sort of distressed at the beginning in verse 1 and he acknowledges that straight away which is actually a bit unusual but he acknowledges straight away that God has saved him and then he goes on and explains the situation a little. Then it's like God is vengeful um, against the people in the situation. And then the psalmist goes on and explains why he was distressed. So, okay, what do we make of this? 
And the biggest thing is that verse one. It says, I call on the Lord in my distress and he answers me. So um, as I mentioned, this is quite unusual because usually what happens is the person cries out to the Lord, they explain the situation, it's hard, we need justice, all that sort of stuff, and then right at the end, God answers their prayers, or he doesn't. Um, But here it immediately says that he um, has answered their prayer. Um, So I guess what God is doing in this passage is he's giving us sort of language around when we're in distress, actually we can trust God straight away. He's not waiting till the end um, and that we can actually uh, know that he answers us. Then the psalmist goes on to explain why he was in distress. He says in verse 2, Save me, Lord, from lying lips and from deceitful tongues. So basically they're, they're experiencing a horrible thing where people actually lie about you and they deceive you and yeah it's it's not at all um, a good situation to be in and I know probably a lot of you have have ended up in that situation where somebody's ended up lying about you and yeah so then uh, in verse 3 and 4 uh, he goes on and says what will he do to you and what more besides although you had a different um, passage read out you deceitful tongue he'll punish you with a warrior's sharp arrows with burning coals of the broom bush. So basically what's happening here is the psalmist is the, the broom bush was um, a bush that actually kept its coal really hot. And so what you would do was you would put these coals on the end of an arrow, you'd wrap them around an arrow, and then you would like, what is it, the action of arrowing? I don't sure. <laughs> they would shoot the arrow, that's it. They would shoot the arrow up over the walls of a town and then the town would burn. And um, yeah, they were basically destroyed. So we get quite a vivid image of actually the way that God does um, save them in this. <clears throat> and then in verse, uh, yeah, then later on in the verse 7 and 8, uh, or 8 and 9, sorry, he goes on and says, actually, the psalmist is dwelling in Meshech and he's living among the tents of Kedar, and basically what that's saying is he's living in a foreign land. It's not his place. Um, and he's basically got really different ideas and values. And any time he says anything, people, yeah, basically don't agree and they make a big thing about it. So, yeah. The main thing of this passage, though, is that actually the psalmist is accused wrongly and he's pretty distressed about it. So I wonder when you've been distressed. And what I thought I would do was I'd give you two scenarios where I've been distressed and how, okay, let's look at this time, how do we then apply this? So um, one thing that is a low-level stress for me that I feel quite distressed about are the lies that are told about us as Christians and that our reputation as Christians is not great. Would you agree? So (coughs) they're not lies, lies as such. It's a little bit deceitful. So there's a few things going on. Firstly, we have a um, bad reputation for things that we've done as a church. 
But also there's, people don't understand some things. They've been told stuff that they, they think, oh, that's not okay. Um, but actually it's not quite true. It's a little bit true, but not quite true, if you, if you know what I mean. And I th over, I'm 54, and basically over the years, you've seen, I've seen three stages of our reputation of Christians happen. So the first stage was when I was in uh, school myself, and we, were, we grew up in a country town, and basically Christians had a, a pretty good reputation. You were known as a good person. Would, would you agree that that sort of age we were... And often people who were, wanted to be considered good people, they would um, go to church. So, yeah, you'd end up with all these people who sort of weren't quite Christians actually coming to church because they wanted to be seen as good people. So, yeah, we basically had this stage which was sort of a little bit deceitful as well because people thought, if I go to church, I'll be considered a good person. And that's not the gospel, is it? So I, feel, I felt a little bit distressed about that and, in fact... When I was in high school, I was talking to a friend and she said, oh, I'm a Christian. And I said, oh, I didn't know that. I said, oh, what makes you say you're a Christian? And she goes, oh, I've, I got baptised when I was a kid. And I said, oh, I, I don't... And she said, and I'm a good person. And I said, oh, that's actually not what Christianity is about, like that. They're sometimes fruits of um, an outcome of a relationship with God. But actually, yeah, you're, you want to have a relationship with Jesus. Anyway, and she was going, wow, I didn't know that. And so can you see how it's sort of distressing our re reputation as Christians? Because it's not quite right. She thought she was a Christian because she was a good person. Okay, then we went through the next stage, which was, I don't know if you remember this stage, but it was when my kids were going through primary school where people felt like it was good for you to know about the Christian values and that you needed to know the history of us as a Christian sort of nation. Do you remember those years? And so people wanted to know, well, what is Christmas about and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, basically it was you'd send your kids to a private Anglican school so they would become good people that you would get the values you needed by going to a Christian school. Now, is that right? Well, yes and no. Can you see how there's sort of this deceit going on that actually you become, you have values? And um, that is sort of true, but it's not what Christianity is about, is it? We don't become Christians because we want values. Actually, we become Christians because we want to know Jesus and we want to live a life for him and we actually know our sinfulness and that we know that we need Jesus' death on the cross. All right, well then the third stage that I've seen is that religion is evil. Have you come across this much? Uh, it was horrible watching it actually happen through uni. Um, I don't know if you know a guy called Richard Dawkins. So he wrote a book called The God Delusion and I read it as well with everyone else. And when I was reading it, I'm going, this is, if I wasn't a Christian, I would go, yeah, religion is evil. Because what he did was he did half truths. He would half say something about it, but he wouldn't follow it through in terms of, but perhaps he didn't know any better in terms of uh, what the Christian faith is about. <coughs> and... Basically, I feel, and I don't know about you, and it got worse and worse at uni, I'd have to say, was our reputation 
as Christians has been distressing. And in fact, um, I have been friends with uh, one of the mums at the primary school for 10 years and we ended up in a point where she goes, I can't be friends with you because you believe in something so evil. And I'm going, what? I really couldn't believe that. Anyway, so can you see, actually, there is some quite distressing stuff that we um, are part of as Christians. Okay. But I guess the thing is that actually one of the really fundamental things that we believe about um, in terms of our faith is that Jesus was accused wrongly and he died on the cross for us and we, so we could be accused rightly, if that makes sense. In fact, we know who we are, we're sinful beings, but actually Jesus took on, on that for us. But more distressing, and, and as you read through the Gospels, you can see how sort of upsetting this is to Jesus, that he came as a Jew and it should have been that the Jews recognised him, that they loved him, they embraced him, that they followed him, but they didn't, did they? And in fact, there was lies told about the followers of Jesus later on. They ended up getting put into prison. And actually, you can see it all the way through. We're often accused of, um, yeah, and, and things are unjust. So I guess the thing is, what, what the Christian faith should be doing is that we should look to God when we're in this sort of distress situation. But I, th- I often go, okay, when I'm distressed, what sort of things do I do in reality? Like I might pray, but usually, I don't know if you're like this, I spend all na- night worrying about something. Do you do this? Like I turn over the conversation in my head. My husband is not like this at all. He goes to sleep. He goes, he goes to bed, he goes to sleep, he sleeps right through, doesn't seem to worry about things at all. <laughs> I wake up at three o'clock in the morning going, oh man, like that was so wrong that happened. And you sort of worry about things and you get quite distressed. All right, so sometimes we try and justify things about our actions, their actions. We might try and blame other people. Or sometimes people seek revenge. Have you come across people who are real revenge people? (laughs) So um, I must come across them a bit. (laughs) So one guy I know, he, he was dating a Christian girl. He was a Christian. She broke it off with him and he was completely blindsided. He was so hurt by it. He just wanted revenge. I was quite astounded. And he basically started stalking her. He was just so hurt. So can you see how, actually, in our distress, we can look and do other things? Not what actually this psalm is saying, is that we look to God, we talk to him, we whinge to him, and yeah, he saves us. Now, the thing is, though, that actually our reputation as Christians We're not saved from that yet, are we? We're still in this. It's still messy and it's actually still hard being a Christian. But it's okay. And I think this this psalm is basically saying it's okay. God's got this. It's his reputation. We're caught up in it. But actually if he wants his reputation back, he can do it. 
And there's something so good and restful about that. All right, here's another, I'll give you my second illustration of a distress, sort of distressing situation. So we had a mum who came to playgroup and she ended up becoming a Christian. She was a single mum and she had three, teen, uh, three um, preschoolers, three preschool boys. And then uh, she was really involved in our church. And when her kids were in high school, so our kids went to the same high school, she started not being okay with Christianity. And she said, I'm just not fine with the church's stance on quite a few things. And I don't really want to, it's too much effort to come to church. And she basically just sort of backing away. It was quite astounding. And you feel, do you feel that? Like when people stop coming to church and they're really saying they're not become Christians anymore, there's something distressing about that. And <clears throat> I basically just went, God, I actually can't do anything about this. You've got to be the one. I, like, I'm good at talking about this sort of stuff. That was my job at uni, is helping people work through faith stuff. I just couldn't get her to budge. And I just had to keep on saying to God, God, she's in your hands. I just can't do much. I've just, I'll keep being friends. We kept meeting up. <clears throat> and she ended up dating a guy who wasn't a Christian. He was a really lovely guy. And she sort of moved further and further away from the church. We went to their wedding and we still kept in touch. So during lockdown, um, I went for a walk with my friend and uh, she, she basically said straight up, okay, so the guy that she married had three kids too, so they had six boys in the house. Um, one of the, my husband's sons got given a Bible and he's got all these questions about Christianity. Can you help him? He was 17 and I said, Oh, like, sure, like, I'd be happy to. Um, and so what I did was I said, well, do you reckon his girlfriend would come? We'll do Alpha together, maybe. And um, so she said, yeah, I'll ask. So she asked, came back, said, yep, we'll do Alpha together. We were able to do it online. Then I went, do you know what? I'm going to ask my friend and her husband. Anyway, so I tentatively texted and said, would you guys do Alpha with me? as well so there's four of us doing it anyway three days later it was seriously a very stressful three days waiting for her answer and she said yes we're gonna do it with them so four of them and I went gee I'm on a roll <laughs> I'm gonna ask all six boys and their girlfriends so there'll be 14 of us doing alpha online I go god you can do this nah anyway no one else wanted to do it but <laughs> it was a good thought and basically they did Alpha and Anne-Marie, oh, I said her name, my friend, <laughs> um, came back to the Lord. Her husband became a Christian. His son became a Christian. His girlfriend came back to the Lord. Ah. God answered those prayers. I was that low-level stress you have to keep giving it to God and he saved them. So this psalm is a great psalm when you're feeling a bit distressed. And I, f I feel like there's sort of all of us at the moment, there's this low level, we're a little bit out of sorts, out of place. Yeah, and actually this psalm is saying God's got this. Amen.